Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome, welcome in everybody to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with the path that we've been going on. The uh, first first episode, we tackled the quarterback rankings. Second episode, we tackled the running back rankings. If you want to go back and listen to both of those. Today, we're going to be taking a full look at our wide receiver rankings, kind of going over our top 12, highlight some disparities, some, over, uh, some underrated guys, some overhyped guys. Talk about, uh, you know, first full week of preseason. Maybe talk a little, you know, dabble a little bit of the uh, uh, yesterday's games, which saw some interesting things. We do know that there's going to be an even larger committee in in New England for running backs. You know, it's it's the clear stay away every year. But as always, I am joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, bud? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I was just looking it up to see if Ramondre Stevenson ever stopped running from last night. <laughs> he just, I mean, you do not see. Uh, he was considered like more, or at least by me, I thought he was going to be more of like the goal line smashing kind of back. So to see yeah. one of his first games, 91 yard touchdown sprint. Nobody was even in the screen with him for a while. It's impressive. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if if he's another one of those guys that just skyrockets up the draft board, but still stays as the running back four in new England, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm staring clear out of that backfield basically completely anyway, because I think it's a, it's a complete disaster. Um, we saw, you know, before we dive into this week's topics, we saw a little bit of Mac Jones yesterday. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did like what I see. I thought he took command of the offense. Um, I really wish they would have let him take a little bit more, t- take a little more risk. Um, with the football, um, I do think that he was a little bit of a game manager yesterday, and I've seen that critic, you know, criticism on the uh, Twitter.com over it. But you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's that's it's, kind of the Patriot thing, though. Too. Yeah. I mean, they, there weren't a ton of seasons, especially in the early run of Tom Brady, where he was out there just like an old gunslinger. He yeah. was maximizing his opportunities, not turning the ball over, using all the weapons they have, and they play defense. That's kind of the Patriot way. It was fun to see him. It was fun to uh, see Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. Look like he's having the most fun I think I've seen in a couple of years. Had some beautiful connections with Terry McLaurin. You love to see it, especially as we look at wide receivers today. And um, I forgot Adam Humphreys was on Washington until he caught like 27 passes last night. There was a lot of things. I was very disappointed. I was hoping to see a little bit more Gandy Golden yesterday. He was robbed on that two-point conversion. I just want to throw that out there. I still don't know why they're they're ruling that incomplete, but I, I don't either. Um, I forgot that Steven Montez was a uh, was playing for Washington. It was interesting to see him get twenty-four passes. Lamar Miller. Yeah, Lamar, Lamar Miller. 
Yeah, I mean, Lamar Miller had 14 yards for three carries. I was like, I didn't even know. You, you, this is the time of year we're like, oh, that guy plays there. And that's the reason why, you know, it's kind of fun to go back and look at these. Let's everybody make a big uh, big ordeal about Dwayne Haskins looking decent. And I'm just like, guys, if you look, it, it, first off, it's against the Eagles. Second off, it's his competition is Mason Rudolph and Joshua Dobbs. Like, let's 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 calm down a little bit on that. But, but to be further, fair, in the Hall of Fame game, I thought he looked atrocious. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you. And then, of so, course, the QB1 in Philadelphia, Mr. Joe Flacco, looked good yesterday. He threw a three-yard pass that went for, you know, but speaking, yards. speaking of ADP going through the roof, I saw so many Quez Watkins truthers come out of the woodwork last night to be like, hey, look, finally, he gets the opportunity. This is what we're expecting to see all year. Who is expecting that? Yeah, exactly. The thing I would like to bring up, and we'll talk about it more next week with our tight end episode, but I will say, as long as Zach Ertz is on this on this roster, he's going to affect Godert's level throughout the entire season. We saw it yesterday. He had two catches for you know thir- for 20 yards. Yeah, Goddard had one for 34. There's not going to be enough mouths to feed with both of these guys in that offense, and I do think that it's going to hinder. I've seen him in the top five of like almost everybody's rankings. But I just don't see him returning that value this year at all, as long until Zach Ertz is off the roster. And right now, it looks like he's going to be on an opening day. So until then, yeah. we don't know. That's the thing. We got to be honest. They're not going to cut Zach Ertz because it doesn't no, benefit them financially not. to dump him like that. So it's nope. it's going to be some kind of a trade. I have all offseason expected him to be gone, but the closer we get to September 12th and him not being gone. Um, you know, we talked about this yesterday on the, the round table that Bruning and I were talking beforehand. It's almost possible they carry Zach Ertz into the beginning of the season and try to feature him for a couple of weeks to see if somebody will take him. Well, that's also yeah. crushing if you're like waiting for the Goddard breakouts. Exactly. Uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into uh, a segment that we're going to do every week. We're going to highlight some games of the week that Matt likes um, and, and kind of highlight some of the conversations surrounding each of those games. So, Matt, I'll let you get and kick it off with your first game. Yeah, so I picked two games. I will say, first of all, I will um, sadly be watching the Broncos and the Vikings. I have it set to record because I'm working tomorrow. Um, but I'm not going to highlight that because I'm afraid of what I'm going to see. Um, but just know <laughs> somewhere late Saturday night, there will be a grown man in Colorado Springs weeping openly at uh, the quarterback options he has for his team. Uh, which brings us to my first pick of the week, Jets versus Giants. Uh, it's Saturday afternoon in New York. Really kind of curious to see these. I, I had put on here before RIP. He uh, went for an MRI. I was excited to see Elijah Moore. We won't see him. Who knows when we're going to get to see him, but we should still see a little bit of Zach Wilson, a little bit of Michael Carter. Uh, Want to see kind of what they look like. Uh, two teams that share the same stadium. And on the flip side, really curious to see Daniel Jones. We probably aren't going to see Saquon. Um, if I was, th- even if Saquon said he wanted to play, if I'm the Giants, I'd, I'd kindly pass on that. Uh, but, you know, Jets, Giants, kind of a fun rivalry. There's there's a lot of questions surrounding those teams. That's two units where I have the quarterbacks, kind of high-end QB3. I would like to see what they do, how they're starting to settle in. And then my other big pick um, is the Sunday game. The, we only have one Sunday game because it's preseason, uh, but it's actually a pretty good one. Panthers at the Colts. Really curious to see Sam Darnold in this new system in Carolina. And for Indy, you know, I don't know how much we're going to see of Jonathan Taylor, but it has now turned into a sort of quarterback competition between Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. 
Um, yeah, this is not the quarterback competition the Colts fans were hoping to see, but it has turned into one. Curious what those guys look like. It does seem like they got some good news that Wentz looks like surgery went well for him and Quentin Nelson. It's possible they're back week one, and it, but you know, with Carson Wentz, it could always matter. I'd like to see what these guys look like, what some of these young receivers look like. Um, I think that'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because we've seen a, uh, it's it's camp, so you see a lot of mumbo jumbo, crazy talk. Um, I've seen Zach Wilson looks like a Stephen Paul of garbage, and then of course you highlight looking at um, you know I've heard Daniel Jones. You see one play, and of course Twitter blows it up. You know what I mean? Daniel Jones threw a got threw the ball right to his linebacker, and I'm just like, that's what we saw last year. Were you guys surprised? But um, th- the the thing about it is the Giants have weapons, right? You know what I mean? They have the tools, they have the pieces. Barkley's going to play week one. We know he's going to. How much he plays, we don't know. I still think that we've been under, not we, a lot of people have been undervaluing what Saquon Barkley, and people seem to forget how good Barkley really is. Barkley has every opportunity to be the running back one throughout this entire season. It wouldn't surprise me if he finishes there, but I don't, if he has the full 16, 17 games, Barkley's going to be a top five running back, period. You know what I mean? Like they get the ball in his hands and he makes plays, but they do have playmakers on that team that kind of help him out now. You know what I mean? The signing of Kenny Galladay was important. I think that they can stretch the field a little bit. Also liked, you know, I do think that Zach Wilson will look okay. I think that I would like to see what he does. Michael Carter, the pecking order of the running backs. I know it's still early to kind of see what we get with that. Um, I would like to see what Sam Donner does in Carolina. I, I feel, still think it's a lot earlier, and I refuse to talk about Sam Ellinger as a quarterback. He's more of a tight end anyway. So, um, it, so did it? I know it was kind of shocking to me. Was it shocking to you that he's splitting first team reps? It seemed like they were set with Jacob Eason was the first man up, and then now it's like, well, maybe not. Well, I think what it is is I think that he's looked good, and I think it's smart to kind of see what you've got, right? Because mm-hmm. If if Wentz, I, I still don't think Wentz is going to play week one, which is fine, right? You know what I mean? We talked about on the show, if they lose week one, or maybe they, you know, maybe they sneak out a little W on week one. We don't know what that'll look like, per se, but at the same time, it's not a bad idea to see what you got on the roster, because Easton's unproven, right? You know, he doesn't have any gameplay under his belt. Ellinger is not very good at quarterback, and the thing about it is, they're the polar opposite quarterbacks, One's 6'5", one's about 4'2", one can throw the football down the field, the other one can't. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. Well, the more you think about it, yeah, it's kind of surprising that he's getting first-team first team reps as we as I uh, break it down a little bit more. But, hey, who am I to say, uh, you know, big man uh, Frank Wright got himself an extension, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's I, done some good I, things, but I still think that it's interesting that we're giving out extensions before we kind of see what this Colts team does this year. He has been dealt kind of a crap sandwich, though. I mean, when he he took over in the shadiest of shady situations after Josh McDaniels basically hosed them and managed to have a pretty successful first season. I think they went to the playoffs because that was Andrew Luck's last season. And then the, many of us uh, going in, I know I did, going into that season where Luck surprise retired right before the regular season, I thought they were Super Bowl contenders. I thought they had a great roster and that they had rebuilt a lot. And that's a credit to Reich and Ballard. It's tough to go from thinking you're going to have Andrew Luck to having Jacoby Brissett. And then last year, you can only coach up the people you got. Last year, he got given a Phillip Rivers who I've never been a huge Phillip Rivers fan because we've been in the division. But he was a pretty 
rock steady quarterback for a lot of years. He did not look the same last year. He looked like a guy that probably was at the end of his career. And they still won 11 games. They almost won that playoff game against a pretty hot Buffalo team. I think he's done a good job with what he has. It's like for a long time, they've been a quarterback away from being able to make a run. I was excited to see him reunited with Wentz because that season where Wentz was tracking to be the NFL MVP was with Reich as his offensive coordinator. It seemed like it'd be a good matchup. Unfortunately, you get this injury stuff, so I think they they may have to punt a little bit more this season. So I thought it was a nice demonstration of faith. Their owner has been more vocal about not really wanting to roll Carson Wentz out uh, unless he's 100% week one. I also think the Colts, while you'd like to say this isn't a factor, have a pretty giant incentive to be cautious with Wentz because if he goes below 75% of regular season snaps, that goes from a first-round pick to a second-round pick. And that's pretty huge in terms of draft capital. Absolutely. Transitioning over to our wide receiver rankings. We're going to kind of go over our top 12. Uh, we're going to go list our six through, I don't even, or sorry, my our 12 through seven. Um, I'll kick us off here. Let me make sure I'm doing my math right again this week. Uh, last week I struggled with it, but I do believe I'm going to kick it off at number 12 with DJ Metcalf for yep. the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, number uh, 11, there we go. That went, that comes after twelve. Uh, Amari Cooper for the Cowboys. I got C.D. Lamb and Mark Cooper back to back. I'm uh, as if I was going dynasty. Obviously, the gap is a little bit further. But this season, I'm still skeptical on. On I think both guys will eat, and I think they will both eat a lot. You know what I mean? This year, I think with Dak being my tentative, you know, top three quarterback, I think at the end of this year. But um, coming in at number, you know, so that was number eleven, ten. Uh, number nine, Robert Woods. Um, I'm excited to see him in this offense. I think that he's going to have a monster season this year. Him and Cup both, especially with Akers gone, I do think that's going to be a factor in them throwing the football a little bit more. And then coming in at number eight, I got Allen Robinson. I do believe that he'd be higher if I knew Justin Fields was starting week one. I still think that – I still believe that Andy Dalton's starting week one. I really, really do. I don't know why I think that because I, it doesn't I do matter. Too. You know, I don't know why, but I just feel like it would be, it would be, I don't know. I don't think they paid Andy Dalton that much money to not play at least one game, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Throw him out there, let him play terrible and be like, you know what? It's Justin Fields time. Well, it's opening week on the road at the Rams. Uh, yeah. The Rams were the number one defense last year. Um let Andy you know, Dalton get killed. You know if what I mean? If you're playing the long game, that might be a safer, you know, Aaron Donald may not be the introduction you're looking for for Justin Fields. Yeah, and coming in at number seven, I've got A.J. Brown. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm making a flop on the on the fly oh. here. I got A.J. Brown at number seven. I think I like Calvin Ridley a little bit more. Um, not as much as you do. But um, <laughs> but you'll talk about that a little bit later. But I, I like A.J. Brown, but his his – his value did take a big step back because of the, the trade for Julio. I do think that Julio is going to take some stuff away from him. Maybe it's the touchdowns, but um, yeah. So that's my uh, 12 through seven. What about you? Yeah. And I'm going to say, it looks like looking at our thing about the top 15 of receivers, we have approximately the same people. We just kind of have shuffled orders. So like, I have uh, Cooper and Lamb pretty close together, but I have Amari Cooper just top-end wide receiver two at 15, and I have Robert Woods top-end wide receiver two at 14. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas I have a couple of guys that, that you dropped uh, just down. But when I get into my 12, I went with A.J. Brown at 12. 
Um, that's right about where he was last year. I don't think having Julio Jones necessarily hurts him. I think the fact that Tennessee's not an incredibly high-volume passing offense limits some of his ceiling. I love the talent. In Dynasty rankings, if you've been following along this offseason, I've often had him up higher. I like the receiver. I just don't know. You know, He does a lot of his on efficiency, and I think that's still going to have to continue. Top 12 makes him a wide receiver one. Wide receiver is a loaded position. Um, so I, you know, I went 60 deep uh, on this week's post, which will come out later this afternoon. And I feel like all 60 of those guys, I, I would be comfortable starting, at, you know, either as a wide receiver or flex this year. There's a lot of great talent. Number 11 for me is Terry McLaren. He finished uh, as wide receiver 20 last year with a combination of two careful Alex Smith, uh, Kyle Allen, and Dwayne Haskins as his quarterback. So a nominal jump up to 11 uh, with the GOAT, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or at least the GOAT of football beards. Um, feel, felt like a decent move. I really like his talent. I have C.D. Lamb at 10. I think he this is the year he flips over and becomes the Cowboys' true number one. Only had 200-yard receiving games last year. Both of them were in the first five weeks with Dak. Um, I think he will do a lot better with Dak than he did with the Red Rifle and Ben DiNucci last year. Number nine, I have DK Metcalf. I like the talent. Seattle, another team, I'm not sure they're incredibly high volume uh, passing. He does a lot of his with some big plays and touchdowns. Number eight, Justin Jefferson last year was incredible as a rookie. Um, I think Minnesota may not throw quite as much. I have him sliding back just a little bit, still top 10, but a little bit back. And then seven for me is Allen Robinson. I'm with you. He has the talent to be a number one. Um, this is, whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, probably the best quarterback he's played with. Uh, so I expect big things from Allen Robinson. That's to say, that's to say at least, even if you bring Andy Dalton into the equation right there. Number six for me, I've got um, Kevin Ridley. Um, the talent's there. I think the upside's there. I think people are discrediting him because Julio left. But let's not forget, somebody's going to have to catch the ball there in Atlanta. I understand Kyle Pitts there, but I think Kyle Pitts being there helps Calvin Ridley more than people uh, are, are taking an eye for it. Um, I do think they're going to run the ball a little bit more this year. That's why I think I dinged him a little bit down. Um, obviously, you know, a lot lower than you do, but you know we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Keenan Allen, consistent. Uh, you don't get much better than that. Period. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's just that guy. Um, we've already seen. Uh, speaking of preseason, we've already seen the Chargers come out and say that they're not playing any of their guys. Which uh, you know, keep Justin Herbert as you know in bubble wrap the entire offseason, please. Thank you. Uh, Tyreek Hill coming in at number four. I don't have much to say about him. Stefan Diggs coming in at number three. Diggs was my number one, was my number one for a long time. I paired him with my number one quarterback in Josh Allen. But upon receiving the news of one Mr. Aaron Rodgers returning, my number one goes back to the same it has always been because I think that he's hands down the best receiver in football. Coming in at number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I do struggle with him ranking wise because I am uncertain of the run game. I'm uncertain. And I'm talking about the upside of the run game of Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray. So that to me is something that makes us in. I think that we could see a, a downtick in his yards. And I do think they got a little bit more weapons there for him to kind of spread the ball out a little bit. And of course, number one, as I mentioned, Devonte Adams, the best receiver in football, um, Rogers is back. That's all I cared about this year going into this year. As soon as Rogers came back, Rogers goes back up the rankings. Devontae Adams goes back to where he's cemented for me and will be cemented until Aaron Rogers retires or goes to the Broncos. Yeah. And you and I have the same 
six players in the top six, just a little yeah. bit of a different order. Um, I love Justin Herbert, the Chargers. I have Keenan Allen at six. Um, he did some great things last year, saw a ton of targets, and that was playing one game with Tyrod Taylor and playing, um, you know, with Justin Herbert, kind of learning on the job. They don't have a lot of competition. I think Mike Williams will have a decent season. I moved him higher than some people have. I'm around 39, but Keenan Allen is is clearly the one. I think he and Austin Eckler are in for good seasons. Number five for me is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I like the talent. I like the fit. I think Murray runs a little bit more, so I don't know if they're at quite as high volume. And I think Christian Kirk uh, could have a big year. They also added A.J. Green and Rondale Moore, so they have a few more options. Uh, number four, I have Stephon Diggs. I uh, like the player, like the offense. Uh, he's a clear number one there. A lot of competition, but he stands out for me. Um, you know, I think the rest of the guys are just kind of guys that will lead into each other. Same thing for my number three, which is Devontae Adams of the Packers. Last year he had 18 touchdowns. I'm not sold. They have quite as many. Uh, I'm not sold Aaron Rodgers throws for 48 this year. May come back a little bit uh, more on to normal. Um, having Randall Cobb doesn't scare me. I think it's Devontae Adams is a clear number one, well above the rest. And then people like Cobb and Funches, Amari Rogers, MVS, and Alan Lazard all kind of compete for each other. One or two of them has a couple relevant games. Good luck for you deciding when that's going to be. Um, you know, I think of those signings more impact Robert Tanyan, who is a guy that caught 52 of 56 targets and turned them into 11 touchdowns. That's an efficiency that's hard to keep up unless you're Devontae Adams. So he's my number three. Number two, Tyree Kill, um, very talented player. I would not leave a small child in his care, but uh, fantasy-wise, he's just fine. And then number one, um, shout out to all the Redditors who claim that I hate him, uh, but I put <laughs> Calvin Ridley. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, as number one, and I know what you're thinking, like, isn't everybody and their brother going to be covering him? I think we forget that Julio Jones missed much of the middle of last season, and Calvin Ridley did just fine. Saw 143 targets, caught 90 balls, 1374, and nine touchdowns. Has even less competition now. I like Kyle Pitts, which we'll talk about when we talk about tight ends. I think Pitts and um, Hayden Hurst will both end up playing, and they'll do a lot of two tight end sets. None of them is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley does other things. Calvin Ridley's going to be the man. I don't disagree with you that they would like to run the ball more, but I've also seen that Cordero Patterson is their running back too on the depth chart right now. Uh, Mike Davis to the moon, baby. Mike Davis to the moon. I've got so much Mike Davis. I need, I need Mike Davis to the moon, Mr. Fox. I love Mike Davis too, uh, but last year was his career high, and it was just shy of 700 yards. Hey. Let's let's just not. We're not going to slander Mike Davis on this podcast. We well, are certainly not going to slander his uh, quads. I I threatened to quit the podcast last week over movie takes. I will quit the podcast this week over <laughs> slandering of Mike Davis. All right. So my quick question for you is: 
Um, let's see here. We're going to highlight sleeper. I'm going to, I want you to give me somebody in that bottom, you know, maybe underneath that 25 range that you think that could, uh, really kind of surprise people this year, maybe under the 20 range, however you want to do it. Actually, just give me somebody that you think is a sleeper. Uh, you know, so I have Odell Beckham Jr. at 28. Um, I thought long and hard about where where to rank him. I still like his talent. The Browns have a lot of players, but if we see some more vintage Odell where he's getting touchdowns, he easily bolts up into wide receiver two territory. Um, right now with being more run first team and a lot of options, I felt more comfortable projecting him at wide receiver three, but I wouldn't be shocked if he jumped up. We've seen yeah, it before. I'm kind of upset because I, that was going to be my guy. I was going to oh. say him, but now I can't say that. I'm going to say somebody else just because it's somebody else. You know what I mean? I can't pick the same guy you picked because then I would be like, that's just copying. I'm going to go with the guy that I think that is off the rails a little bit. He's ranked number 31 on my rankings. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. I do think that I understand the quarterback play is a huge question heading into the season, and I do not disagree with that, but I love talent. I think talent can, you know, displace bad quarterback play. Look at guys like Allen Robinson. Look at guys like DeAndre Hopkins. You know, even Devontae Adams thrived with like Brent Hundley at quarterback. You know what I mean? They can thrive regardless of the situation. I think Jerry Judy is the most talented receiver from last year's class still. Um, I still think that the Broncos got the steal of a draft in him. The talent's there. I think that he is an easy wide receiver, you know, wide receiver one over the next five years. If they figure out the quarterback situation, this guy could easily be a top seven receiver, period, guys. Like, if, And again, if they figure out the quarterback situation, Aaron Rodgers, please go to Denver. Um, I just really feel like I like the talent there. And it's somebody that I think on the outside looking in, could I could easily see finishing the season as a high-end wide receiver, mid to high-end wide receiver too. And I wouldn't even be mad about it. So I just love Jerry Judy. I uh, sadly had to watch him play last year, and I I loved him preseason. And he was rough. He's was in rough. the uh, Melvin Gordon Teddy Bridgewater camp for me now. Hey, hey, look at this back to back guys. You're just gonna slander of mine. I, I'm I not, I'm not you know what? It's hard as uh, that. I I like Mike Davis. I have a lot of Mike Davis. I'm just not sure he can get 1,200 yards. I, hey, hey, if hey. he does, to the moon. Jerry Judy. If he does, I'm going to win a lot of fantasy football leagues this year. But I will say that. If Mike Jerry, Davis- Jerry Judy has talent. I wasn't taken with some of his effort last year. And there's something that you see sometimes in receivers when things don't go their way. They – pout's not exactly the right word, but, you know, kind of – I get what you're saying. Mentally, what you're yeah. And that happened too many times, like dropping some critical. Like there was a couple of games we straight up lost because he put the ball on the ground. A ball that I, I'm i not a Drew Lock truther. I'm not going to say he's great. But he actually got the ball to Judy in his hands in a place to make big play, one of them being a touchdown. And Judy put it on the ground and came off the field pointing fingers those kind of things rub me the wrong way as a fan absolutely i totally i totally 100 get that and i think you take a guy that's used to winning 
and used to playing mm-hmm. with guys that put the ball where he wants it to. And, and, and there was plenty of balls he could have caught last year. I just think that the talent's there. And, and I think a full off season there is also going to be key. I think, um, give me somebody in that top 20 that you feel like, you know, that you think is going to is highly overrated or in the, in the world being too talked about. Well, I'm actually just going to point the finger back at myself and say, I got really excited about DJ Chark. I have him at wide receiver 20. I know other people are really excited about LaVisca Chanel. I get those arguments, and I think we're going to have to see how it plays out. I like Chark's talent. I feel like last year what held him back was the fact that he was wide open and the ball was 20 yards behind him out of bounds. I thought with getting Trevor Lawrence, although – Typical Urban Meyer, he said he hasn't decided who the starting quarterback's going to be, just keeping Captain Jorts alive there. Uh, but I, I thought Shark would take a big step forward, so I've kind of ranked him in that range. But I do feel like that's probably a big gamble. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The guy that I'm going to talk about, I think a guy that's getting over uh, over ranked, and not dynasty-wise, but just – I don't think Justin Jefferson can produce what he did last year. And it's not because he doesn't have the talent because the talent's there. You know what I mean? I just think that if we get seven, 16, 17 games of Dalvin cook, which I mean, that's questionable already as is, you know, but if we get that, they're going to pass the ball. You know, it's just, it was crazy anomaly for Justin Jefferson last year. And I don't think that it's not that he can replicate the stats. He's not that he can't replicate these stats ever again. I just don't see him finishing in the top 10 this year. I mean, I I feel like I can go on a limb and say that and say, I could be wrong. You know, I've been wrong before, but I just don't see Justin Jefferson finishing in the top 10 again. And I just liked so many other guys that, in that area, right? You know what I mean? If if I've got my options between a Jefferson, a Lamb, I'm going Lamb or a Jefferson. Matt, I'd even take Metcalf over it. I'd even take McLaren. You know what I mean? Like if I've got a picky choosy out of the out of a certain bunch of guys, um, Jefferson's just one guy that I kind of expect to take a, a step back. And I think it might be a little bit more than what we are expecting because to think that he can replicate or come really, really close to the stats from last year, I think we're kidding guys. Cause I, I just don't see it happening. Even with an extra game, even whatever, all these stats, I just don't see it happening. Um, all right. So what's next? All right. Well, folks, that's really it for the, and I will want you to another thing. I don't, I'm staying away from the bucks wide receivers too. I'm staying away from the bucks period, except for Tom Brady. I I mean, I would draft Tom Brady, but again, it would be, I don't know if I'm going to draft Tom Brady as high as he's going, but I'm just staying away from fantasy football in Tampa period. I just, there's just too much going on down there for me to really get it consistent. I think Mike Evans is probably the only guy that you can rely on to at least get you 10 points every week, but 10 points at where he's being drafted might not be enough. So with that being said, the movie corners here. It's a, it's our favorite segment every week. You can check us out uh, each and every week at the music city drive-in.com or writing consistent movie reviews, TV reviews. And of course this weekend, you can check us out live as we give our thoughts on the brand new Ryan Reynolds film free guy. Um, so we're just warning you the football talk has paused and we're going to talk a little bit about a movies before we sign off and get prepared for the weekend. All right. So Apple TV is dropping or did drop a movie today. Um, yep. It is called Coda. Um, 
It is. It was a Sundance 2021 film that I watched at Sundance. Um, I saw it twice in a week because it won an award, so you were able to rewatch it again. Um, you like it a lot more than I did. I think my okay, and, and I say only issues. People forget I gave this film a very, I get a very solid four out of five stars. It's still in my top ten movies of the year so far, but I think it's a little cliche. I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit long. I think as well. I I, I can highlight issues that I have with the film, but the message, the story, the performances. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, so if we're going to take anything away from this episode, it's that Reddit, uh, Ricky hates Calvin Ridley and hates Coda. So please, (laughs) football Reddit, film Reddit. I am rock solid on both those. You can let me go. You have a new target. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. You know, for me, I've talked about this before. The difference uh, scoring, I don't use five stars very much. If you follow me on Letterboxd, uh, Ricky and I were making jokes about this. I have 40 things in my lifetime that I've given five stars to out of 5,935 things that I've ranked on there, which is a whopping 0.0069%. Um, Coda is one of those four 45 star things, uh, there, I understand, um, your points and there were probably a few spots in the middle where they could have trimmed, uh, some of it up. Um, I think you have a very young filmmaker who's kind of making, um, one of the first big feature films. Um, but it was a great cast. I thought Amelia Jones was phenomenal in the lead role. Eugenio Derbez. Um, was incredible as as this kind of compassionate teacher. And there were some musical scenes and some family scenes. When uh, so it's, CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. So it centers on Ruby, who's a girl whose parents are deaf, her brother is deaf. She's basically their link to the hearing world, which makes her kind of in no man's land. She doesn't feel connected to the hearing world necessarily, but she also doesn't totally feel connected to her family because she's she has this passion for music and she the movie is about her finding this passion inside i've always been very moved about stories of people finding that thing that they are great at that they were meant to do and being able to embrace that and this movie has that in spades there are a couple of scenes um you know the back half when she when her dad um who's deaf is trying to understand uh, her gift and what it means that that I was. We sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Really, I'm going to talk really, really so- hardly into this mic and say we we don't talk about that scene because I'm not going to cry on the air. Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, my five star formula. I've, I've told Ricky has to be entertaining, has to have a good story, and has to leave a massive amount of ocular fluid loss. And I definitely uh, experienced all those things watching it. it was beautiful. Um, it's the same. You know, a couple of years ago, the first A Quiet Place, there is a scene between John Krasinski and his daughter um, when he's he's making a difficult choice to sacrifice himself to save them. And, and he sends her a message that was incredibly powerful. And that stuck with me. And that really vaulted that movie up for me. Coda has a couple of those scenes that just I, I was taken away and, and really moved. 
Yeah, Coda is is a powerful film, and you highlighted Eugenio Derbitz. It, it, to me, I feel like he stole the show um, because we have the heart, we have the foundation, we have all of those things that I think are very pivotal within our main characters. But sometimes what's missing is that miscellaneous piece that really brings them all together, and I feel like that's what he did. And I felt like he was the backbone that carried Ruby to the next step, right? You know what I mean? Because without him, Ruby doesn't thrive. Without him, Ruby maybe doesn't take a chance and take a risk to go down that musical journey without her family. Um, Bern Bernardo Bellabalobos, I don't even know how to say his last name. There's a quote in the yeah, He just has him call him Mr. V. So, Yeah, Mr. V. So try to imagine what it's like to sacrifice everything for a human. And that's pretty much what sums up Coda and what it is. It is a beautiful, heartfelt film. It's some of the best ensemble cast you will see all this year. And the scene on the back of the truck, you might not see a better heartfelt scene in any film this year, period. Um it's a toss up yeah. between that and her audition scene. Oh, the audition. Yeah. I mean, I, it's. Uh, you know, if I, I wasn't already like, okay, so hydrated, me, I had to go yeah. grab some extra water. So for me, the the scene on. Okay. So I grew up with, a, with my sister. My sister's deaf. You know what I mean? So it it, it resonated for me, obviously, for so many different reasons. Um, I can't, I can't uh, relate to Ruby as being the only, you know, one in the family, but. Um, you know, think of Paul Racy. Paul Racy grew up a coda, you know what I mean? And, and Sound of Metal, that movie meant so much to me. And I, and I think that Sound of Metal was a better movie overall, personally. But both of these movies highlight um, the, the deaf community in a way that I don't think that we've really seen to pick it in this, in this realm of, of understanding that they are normal. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just because somebody can't hear does not mean that they are disabled. You know what I mean? They, they have things inside of them that are far greater than somebody that can hear inside of them. And and the cast is phenomenal. The way Sienna Hedder, she she used the deaf cast, you know what I mean? Especially highlighted by Marley Matten, who is just, you know what I mean? She's yeah. just that. She's that definition of, of that entire, you know, beautiful story and then of course the dad as well it's the entire cast is phenomenal um going from a really phenomenal film to a film that you didn't like i liked it's kind of sat on me a little bit I didn't maybe dislike i dislike it no but i, I will it. say um suicide squad i've watched i've rewatched it i think it's a film that i'll probably watch maybe 50 times in my life just because it's easy to throw on it's easy to watch yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's a great movie like some people are mentioning or even have said that it's the greatest film um, that James Gunn has ever done, which is not even remotely close to being true. But um, without Fox not getting into a big battle, King Shark is the king and stop your slander already. So there's that. Ratcatcher 2. We can agree on Ratcatcher 2 though, right? Yeah, and there there are things um, that, I th that I thought were good, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy for me is another one of those 40 films that, that landed a five star. It's my favorite Marvel film. I was hoping for something a little bit like that. This one I thought hewed closely to that formula, but the music choices didn't hit quite as well for me. And some of the character dynamics didn't hit quite as well for me. I enjoyed uh, pieces of it. I like it. I'm 
100% going to buy the digital when it comes out. I'm sure I'm going to watch it a bunch of times. I didn't dislike it. I I don't think giving something a, a C plus is a terrible grade. To me, it just it wasn't. I thought it was good. It wasn't great for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, and that makes and that works perf- makes perfectly good sense to me. Um, and then recommendations for the weekend. I have not seen any of the three releases that are dropping today or dropped last night, whatever you want to call it. Don't Breathe 2, the sequel of the smash hit of 2016 is out. Um, the trailer looks like a steaming pile of garbage, but that's hey, either here or so there. so is the first film. Yeah, I mean, whoa, what? I did not enjoy Don't Breathe. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, we're, we're moving along. Um, we do have Respect, the Jennifer Hudson-led Aretha Franklin biopic, which I have read is not good. Not yeah, our friend Kathy Woods was yeah, very disappointed. She destroyed that film. I mean, obviously, I'm going to go check it out for myself to see what yeah. uh, she saw there. But it, I'm not in a hurry to see it. I think it'll probably be on Hulu or whatever whatever MGM or whatever studio that is is going to have it on there sometime in the near future. I'll probably wait for that. But I am somewhat excited for Free Guy. I'm going yeah. to see that. I'm going to see it tonight. <laughs> I'm taking my wife for date night on uh, Saturday. When I get off of work, we're going to the Robin. Going to get a nice little cheeseburger, and then we're going to roll over to Cinemark and watch it next to you. So uh, I am I – am ex- my biggest problem with Ryan Reynolds is he plays Deadpool and everything. Hmm. And I really struggle with that because I, I went and saw De- Detective Pikachu, which I wasn't really excited about anyway because I'm not a Pokemon guy. But he played Deadpool as Pikachu. You know what I mean? It was like, come on, no, man. Nobody you... disliked that movie more than me. Oh, it was terrible. I think I gave it like a half a star. Maybe one star. Oh, wait. Maybe remember. we're united. That was my pick for worst movie of the year. Of the year it, it was out. terrible. It was. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of that at all. It and was while weird. We're talking, I just, I didn't, I wasn't a fan. And I am not a fan. And I, det- the Detective Pikachu, here we go. I got to load it. Uh, oh, I gave it, I gave it, uh, hang on one second. Yeah, I gave, oh, I gave it two stars? God, I was generous. Oof. God, I didn't realize I was that generous. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lower my ranking right now as we're talking about it. Um, but with that being said, uh, oh, also watch Coda, Apple Apple TV Plus. Watch that. Um, and John David Washington and Beckett. I'm probably yeah. Gonna I'm gonna that check that out in a few it's, minutes. That's on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I gotta watch that sometime here in the near future. I've got an interview that I'm gonna do here in a little bit. But make sure to check over to themusiccitydrivein.com to check out all of the. NFL team previews that the entire team of writers has been going over. It's been great watching these kind of pump out each and every week. Um, I hope that you are following through and checking those out because they are going to be very, very formally to help you in your drafts. I hope you're tuning in each and every week to this show because I feel like we're trying to help you get prepared for redraft season. Also trying to remind you that do not do drafts yet. We still have way too many preseason games with way too many injuries coming out. So redraft season needs to not happen until at least after this third week of August, whatever it is, because I know it's weird because we only get three preseason games now instead of the four. Yeah. So, so, really so it's, I think next this, after the second, right after the second preseason game draft away. I mean, you can't really handle out training camp injuries. That's not really something that you can control, but you can control waiting during these game sessions. Some of these players aren't playing, but some of them will, and some will get injured and you will draft them and you will be extremely upset. So with that being said, make sure to give Matthew Fox a follow on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Follow myself at Ricky Blur underscore. We're going to do this show as much as we can live each and every week. Next week, we'll be talking about the tight end position. Next week, 
or the week after. I'm really kind of hoping to kind of throw some bets up for you guys, some over-unders for you guys. I'm really kind of hoping to hone in on that soon. Once I get a better idea of injuries, um, once I get a better idea of what's going on with Carson Wentz, because that really means a lot to what Sorry, my predictions are. And my my Apple Watch is going off crazy for some reason. I don't even know why. Yeah, You haven't moved enough this hour. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sit up. Please stand up. All right. All right. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to the show. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. <clears throat> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.